You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. Well, I'm not going to start the show the way that I thought I was going to, and I'm also very sorry to report, as you may have noticed already, maybe. I don't know. I don't know why I bother even telling you, but this is probably going to have to be a condensed episode, as I am condensed with time. But I wanted to... I, I put together so many clips. I have so many things that I want to get through. Um, and I, of course, always feel like I have to do everything today, which I don't. And it just occurred to me, like, you kind of got to lay the groundwork here. And that would be the PFF grades, which is what we usually do today anyways, all day for the most part or whatever. So I, I'm going to have to just take a breath and take a step back. And rather than just launching into this thing and doing a bunch of like, Receipty stuff and check out this and look at all the hype we're getting and da 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 da. Let's just back up. Let's lay the groundwork. If nothing else, we got to at least talk about Jordan Love because that's basically the majority of of what you need to know in order for us to move forward here, which you probably know anyways. But again, it's it's sort of a requirement. Um. So that's what we're gonna do, and we'll see where that leaves us and how much time we have time for. But that's how I want to start. So, do we slow play this? Let's not slow play this, because, I, you know, it is what it is. Offense. I'm going to start with the offense here. Listen, there, there were, not everything was perfect, you know? Offense, defense especially, there were, I think, three good grades. We'll get there. But let, let's start with the negative. James Robinson on his four snaps, 59. Oh, piece of garbage. <laughs> Malik Heath, 55. Still love him. John Runyon, 54. Used to love him. He's going to be cut soon. Sean Ryan, 53. Everybody loves him, but he's not good at football. Yash Nyman, 47, spiraling. Henry Pearson, 47. I don't know why he was a pivotal part of our offensive uh, game plan coming into it, but I don't hate it because we won and we just beat the Chiefs, but it is what it is. Anyways, mediocre grades. Royce, who played a snap for some reason. Patrick Taylor, Jaden Reed, Elton Jenkins, Zach Tom, and Romeo Dobbs. Good grades. There were eight of them, which is kind of a lot. We're getting close to half. Ben Sims, 71. Tucker Craft, 71. Rasheed Walker, 72. A.J. Dillon, 73. Josh Meyer, 74. And then we get into the really good in the uh, mid to upper 80s. Dentavian Wicks with an 85. Christian Watson with an 89. And then Jordan Love with a 92 PFF grade, the highest of the team, the highest of his career as he continually gets over the hump every week. I say, I don't think he can go any higher. This is it. He's peaked. There is no higher than this. It's just a matter of, can you plateau gracefully? And he's like, hold on, I can go a little higher. It's like, Jordan, would you chill, dude? Chill out. Nobody's asking you to go higher, dude. You don't need, I don't need a 94. Would you effing calm down, Jordan? I'm asking you to plateau gracefully that's it he's no i can do better you son so anyways he continues to ascend 
Oh, and he was not only the highest on the team, it was not only the highest of his personal career, it was the highest quarterback grade of any quarterback in week 13. Although I don't know about Monday yet, but it doesn't matter, and I'm assuming he's the highest graded. I also went back for fun to see how far back I can go, and Jordan Love is still a top quarterback. I can go all the way back to week nine, and he is still a top three quarterback. Let's get into it. Jordan Love, 69.4% completion percentage. Let me, I, I got to pull this up too. Well, let's, let's go through it first, and then we'll, we'll double back to that. I want to look at these last couple weeks where he's been, because he, he just, he got good and he stayed good. 69.4% completion percentage, his adjusted completion percentage, which again gets rid of all the nonsense that shouldn't count anyways, 76.5% of his passes were completed. He threw for 267 yards. By the way, he's on target for over 4,000 yards right now. 7.4 yards per attempt, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. 91.8 PFF grade, 90.6 passing grade, 74.5 rushing grade. He had four big-time throws, which accounted for 11% of his passes and zero turnover-worthy plays. Average depth of target was 8.2 yards. Just one recorded drop in this game. Time to throw was 2.73 seconds, and he had a, uh, well, 16 first downs. He had a passer rating of 118.6. I want to look at this now because, you know, I mentioned this last night, PFF, there's a video, we'll get to it at some point, and I think it was Palazzolo made the comment, I, I can't think of a single instance in my life where there's been an example of a guy who was very clearly not good, that overnight became very, very, very good. Weeks one through, I guess you, eight is kind of on the fence. I guess that might be the transition week. I don't know. But weeks one through seven, Jordan Love was not a good quarterback. He just wasn't, especially after those first two weeks, which obviously the stats look good with the three touchdowns, no interceptions, back-to-back weeks. But again, it's like, yeah, it was just in the second half, first half, it was terrible, whatever. Since week nine... Remember, completion percentage was like the biggest issue. Almost every single game through week eight was in the 50s. Week four was 63.9. Week seven was 67.7. Every other week was in the 50s. He had one of the lowest completion percentages in the NFL, significantly below. And this is what was really scary is, you know, there are quarterbacks that sometimes struggle and they need a little bit of time. There was no comp for a guy with this poor of accuracy that went on to be really good. Like, it just, it wasn't a thing. Scary, right? That, that just, whatever. Since week eight, or since the conclusion of week eight, he's had one game in the 50s, but he also had one that was nearly 80. He had 77% in week nine. Then it was 52 against Pittsburgh, and then 67, 69, 69. So high 60s, not just, you know, barely not 50. And that same early stretch, it was 200 yards, 200, 100, 200, 200, 100, 100. Then it was 200, 200, 200, 300, 200, 200. No more 100s and a 300 mixed in. Through week eight, his interceptions were 0, 0, and then 1, 2, 3, 1, 1. Since then, it's been 0, 2, 0, 0, 0. So again, zeros across the board with one, you know, not great game mixed in. I mean, his two highest big-time throw percentages, 11.6%, and this past week, 10.8% have come in that stretch, Week 10 and weeks 10 and 13. Uh, turnover-worthy plays, 
Through week eight, he only had one game without a turnover-worthy play. Since then, he's had three without a turnover-worthy play out of five. Even if you look at the passer rating, like the first two obviously were good, 123-113. Then it was 60-60-30-90-70. Then 115-72-108-125-118. I mean, this is, there's a very clear line here for Jordan. And if we just look at his grades, 60, 60, 60, 60, 50, 60, 60. Okay, that's through week eight. Since then, 80, 70, 60, 80, 90. His highest game was a 68. Right now, in this new stretch, his lowest game is a 65. And again, I like that game. That was probably my third favorite game of his. I know because I can just count backwards. My favorite was 13, then 12, then 11, then 10, then 9, then 8. It is hard not to like that Bears game, though. So anyways, a switch is flipped, very obviously. Something else that's awesome, and let's just go back and look at it. One of the concerns that I laid out for Jordan Love that I said needs to get fixed um, prior to me having any real comfort with him was his ability under pressure. He was just not very good. Under, like we, we saw a lot of good stuff, never saw anything good under pressure. Jordan Love in that game against the Kansas City Chiefs under pressure, and he was under pressure 49% of the time. It was, it was brutal, the amount of pressure he was under. This is, I'm talking in 2021, week nine against the Kansas City Chiefs, 48.7%. He completed five of 15 passes for 75 yards and a touchdown and had a 35.5 passing grade. This time around, he was pressured 41% of the time, still relatively high, not quite as high. He completed 5 of 13 for 105 yards and a touchdown and had an 83 PFF grade with three big-time throws, which represents 21.4% of his passes. He had a 92 PFF grade when clean and an 83 grade when under pressure. The grades are about the same, but the stats are even more impressive when you look at when he was blitzed. When the Kansas City Chiefs blitzed him, which was also 41% of the time, he was 12 of 16 for 97 yards and a touchdown. 75% completion percentage when they blitzed him. Another issue that I had with him was the deep passing. He was four of six for 99 yards and a touchdown. All four were recorded as big-time throws, which is not super uncommon, but it's still 100%, and a 96.2 passing grade on passes 20 yards or further down the field. Again, this is like I said before, everybody's got their own criteria. They got their own stuff. At what point what do you need to see from him? At what point do you believe? And all that kind of stuff. I, I very clearly laid out what I needed to see. And it's very evident that he is checking all of those boxes emphatically with permanent marker. At least I hope so. All right, I know it's early, but why don't we go ahead and take our first break? Again, I got to kind of fly through this a little bit. We'll come back. We'll look at the rest of the offense. Then we'll get to the defense and we'll see what else we have time for, if anything. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. So at this particular point in time, I don't have an update on Christian Watson. I've heard rumblings that sound positive, but nothing officially official. But with that said, Christian Watson is on a serious two-week tear. Um, Speaking of going week by week, his grades so far this season have gone 60-60, I'm rounding, but I want to make sure I get the point across here. 87.7 and 88.9. We had the highest graded quarterback and the third highest graded wide receiver this week. We also had the eighth highest graded wide receiver this week in Dontavian Wicks. But Watson, again, catching seven passes, 71 yards, two touchdowns. He had um, 2.45 yards per route run. Dontavian Wicks, almost as amazing. Um, All these receivers, I mean, it, it is a... It's funny, if you actually look at where the receivers rank, I'm not going to do it right this second, they're all like right next to each other. It's, I mean, literally, I think uh, Reed, Watson, and Dobbs are actually touching. They're literally next to each other. And then Wicks is like four spots up as the highest graded wide receiver among the Packers right now. But Wicks has been the most like consistent, I think, this whole year. I wanted to go back and be like, oh man, I wonder if since week eight, if Wicks is like the top this, that, or the other, and he has gotten better the last couple weeks. But his first good game was week two. He had a 75 grade. And then there was a couple weeks where I was like, eh, week three, week four, kind of whatever. Then 70, 70, 60, 70, 60, 70, 80. Everything is just ramping up. Like he was, it was, it was good, but it was once every like four games. Then it was good twice out of every three. Then it's good three out of four with one being almost elite. Wicks is a freaking fifth round rookie. He is already right now graded as a top 50 wide receiver. And I know that's not that, oh, top 50, who cares? Bro, there are a billion wide receivers. There are first-round draft picks that are not top 50 wide receivers. The first-round draft picks that have been doing this for a long time and have never been able to crack the top 50. And Dontavian Wicks, in a very young offense with a quarterback that's never done this before, as a fifth-round pick, has a 74 PFF grade on the season with 1.98 yards per route run. And he hasn't been below two yards per route run since week eight. 
Since then, it's been 3.27, 2.5, 6.07, and 2.69. Two is a really good cutoff in terms of if you're above two, you're a solid receiver. I mean, that's really productive. I mean, just think, just think what that means. Every time you run a route, we get about two yards of production from you. So in 10 plays, in 10 passing plays, we're probably getting 20 yards out of you. He has not been our most productive receiver because he hasn't played as much as a lot of the other guys, but he has been arguably our best wide receiver this whole year and is getting better. Third highest graded is Ben Sims, who just woke up one day and decided he was awesome. And that started kind of early on. Like he just started making plays like, who the heck is Ben Sims? I don't know, but he's like blocking really well and stuff's crazy. He has been targeted three times. Week five, one target, one reception, 12 yards, 89 receiving grade. Week seven, one target, one reception, two yards, 86 receiving grade. This week, one target, one reception for one yard, 74 receiving grade. I don't know what he's doing, but PFF loves when this guy runs routes. This guy's doing stuff, and PFF is over there just having heart attacks. Like, that was the best one route I've ever seen. He ran three routes, weeks five and seven, and they gave him like an elite grade. What did he do? Somebody needs to go back and watch what this man is doing. Because PFF is watching magic happen. Three routes. This time he ran seven, and he got a 74 receiving grade. I mean, if the ball goes his way, he's make, he's just doing magic things. I don't know. Romeo Dobbs with a 71 receiving grade. Dobbs has also been relatively consistent, just it's been a little bit worse on the back end. He started off hot. It was three out of his first four games, and then it was like 50, 60, 60, 60, 60, 70, 50, 70. So he's been kind of tapering off as some of these other guys are starting to ascend, but he's still relatively consistent and and overall has his 71 grade, which, by the way, as much as, you know, Romeo seemed pretty decent last year, that's a really big year two jump for him. Hit for him. He had um, 425 yards and three touchdowns and a 62 receiving grade. Right now he has 505 yards, seven touchdowns, and a 71 receiving grade. That's a big year two jump from right now our, what, number three receiver? Number four receiver? I mean, honestly, I mean, you got Watson, you got Wicks, you got Dobbs, you got Reed. How would you sort them right now? And then Tucker Craft also with a 70 grade. We have one, two, three, four, five guys with 70 grades or higher as receivers. Just the receivers, five guys. We've had days where we don't have five offensive players with good grades. Tucker Craft also slots in there. He had 29 routes run, th- uh, five targets, three receptions, 37 yards. Um, his first good game, by the way, as far as PFF is concerned, his second good receiving uh, game, week 11 and week 13, both positive. But again, another guy you want to talk about ramping up. By the way, his pass blocking grades have been dominant all year. That's kind of secondary to what they usually do, which is run blocking. Um, but still, he also had his, what, third best run blocking game. It was just a 65.5. But again, it's just ramping up, man. Third round curse, South Dakota Jackrabbit, you know. Really didn't get his first, I mean, things kind of kicked off in week 10 for him, and it was like bad day, good day, bad day, good day. That's not bad. I'll take that. I'll take 50% from Tucker Craft right now. In the last three weeks, I mean, it's he had two games with 30 yards, which we'll call that relatively high for him. And then the one game in between, he had a touchdown, 15 yards and a touchdown. I'm not mad at any of that. And then Jaden Reed was a little bit down this week, which is not a big deal because it's going to rotate. We got four guys right now as receivers. More if you include, you know, Malik Heath or whatever, but let's just say we have four. Different guys are going to step up different weeks. As long as somebody is there to step up and we lean into it. Okay, it's Watson Day, lean into that. Today's Dob Day, 
Dobbs Day. Lean into it. It wasn't Jaden's day. Don't care. Different team, different strategy, different game plan. But he still has been relatively solid the last four weeks. The grades are, since week 10, that's been his big jump. I mean, basic, I mean, kind of rounding up here, but 70, 70, 70, and then 60 this week. He had four receptions, which is what he gets almost every week. So he's still, you know, moving the chains, doing his thing. And then the madman himself, Malik Heath, man, undrafted free agent out of Mississippi. Yeah, he had a 56 grade, whatever. He had a 91 receiving grade in week 12 against Detroit. Different guys are going to step up on different days. He ran five routes, and on those five routes, he caught four passes for 46 yards. You want to know how to earn an elite grade? That's how you earn an elite grade. Yeah, our number five wide receiver isn't going to tear it up every week, but he steps up when we need him. And by the way, the last three weeks, he's been above two yards per route run. And his one reception, he only caught two targets, one reception, it was a first down. So he comes in clutch when it when it matters. Running the ball, A.J. Dillon, 73 rushing grade. Having himself, you know, picking things back up a little bit. 2.83 yards after contact per attempt, two missed tackles forced. Nothing massively elite, but man, he just kept, kept those legs churning. 4.1 yards per attempt, and again, almost three of that came after contact. And then finally, the offensive line. Left tackle, little bit Yash Nyman. Let's start there. He played eight snaps. He had a 12 pass blocking grade. In his five pass blocking reps, he gave up two pressures. Rashid Walker, 68 pass blocking grade, 71 run blocking grade. He's not elite, but he is a decent stopgap. He's a guy where you can put him in there and say it's not an emergency, right? I mean, he's not ideal. He's not Bakhtiari. I'd love to find a Bakhtiari if, if Bakhtiari, in fact, doesn't come back next year which he seems to think he will. I'm skeptical, obviously. Um, But you're not massively panicked. Left guard Elton Jenkins, 75 pass blocking grade, 56 run blocking. Again, I get it. Needs to be better. But I'll take a 75 pass blocking day against the Kansas City Chiefs when they're blitzing like crazy any day of the week. Josh Myers, our best offensive player by far, 73 pass blocking grade, giving up just one pressure. And don't forget, best player on their entire defense, one of the top guys on their entire team is right there smack dab in the middle. He also added to that a 72.4 run blocking grade. Right guard, John Runyon continues his implosion. He had 57 snaps, 29.7 pass blocking grade. Sean Ryan filled in for seven snaps. He had a 30 pass blocking grade. So John Runyon who, again, the last two years has been one of the better pass-blocking guards in football, has just completely given up. Since week four, everything kind of went off the rails. Like, it started off kind of normal. 68, 62, and 71, which is kind of low, but we're like, all right, 70-ish pass-blocking, but the run-blocking was really low. 59, 54, and 34. So that was weird. Then we just start getting these unbelievably wild swings in pass-blocking. 40, 90... 40, 80, 30, actually 20s, 29, and 80. So I don't know what that's about. And then the last three weeks, it was 56, 57, which we're kind of normalizing, but that's not good. And then 29 again. He's had one, two, three, four just horrifically bad pass blocking. Not just bad days, pass blocking days. He's been terrible. He has a 61 pass blocking grade, which is average, I guess, but that's only on the back of three really good games. Outside of that, he's been awful. And the run blocking is horrific. 48. He's terrible. Like, it's just, it's awful. 
Then we got Sean Ryan, who has a 61 run blocking grade on the season. Week nine, he played 15 snaps at a 76 pass blocking grade. Like, all right, cool, we got our guy. Week 11, he comes in. He plays uh, six snaps, had a zero, zero pass blocking grade. Okay, that sucks. Week 12, 82.6 pass blocking. Let's go, we got our guy. Week 13, 30. That sucks. He's trash. Like, that's a horrific. He currently has a 35.4 pass blocking grade and a 61 run blocking grade. He is by far our worst pass blocking offensive lineman based on that grade. We need a right guard, period. And if I've said this before, if he wants to, if Sean Ryan wants to compete for it, cool, go ahead and compete. I don't expect him to win. I'd love for him to win. We need to find a right guard. And then our boy, uh, Zach Tom, over on the right side, 64 snaps, had a 70 pass blocking grade and a 59 run blocking grade. Not mad at that at all. Gave up three pressures, including a sack, but, you know, we're talking 40 pass blocking reps. And then um, what did Royce do? So he came in as an additional offensive lineman. That's why he played that one snap. So that's kind of interesting. It'd be fun for somebody to flesh that one out and see what happened. And it was a pass uh, passing play too. So anyways, that's the offense. We'll take our final break, come back, look at the defense. Real quick, hit the special teams, and then we'll probably have to get out of here. And then we'll save for tomorrow a little bit of the, uh, once, we, once we've laid the groundwork, we can come in and kind of have some fun with it. We will take a break. We'll be right back. So defense, not as good as far as, you know, how many players graded out well. Again, only three. They were real good, but only three. But as far as bad, there weren't that many either. There's only four. It's, I like to do below 55 is kind of where it's like, eh, that's not great. Below a 50, there were only three. Anyways, Corey Ballantyne, 53.6. Devondre Campbell, 49. A lot of people mad at him. Honestly, I missed it. I don't know what happened, but everybody else didn't miss it, and they wanted him off the field, so... I don't know. It happens. Carl Brooks, uh, as I mentioned before, uh, Brooks and uh, Wooden take turns, right? One minute, one day Brooks has a good day, the next is Wooden. It does seem like Brooks is the guy now. He had 24 opportunities. Colby Wooden had just five. So they're really leaning into Carl Brooks a lot more and, and Colby Wooden not as much. But either way, I still like both of them. I don't really care. I'm, I'm not upset about it. Maybe it's because we won. I don't know. And then Anthony Johnson had himself a bad day. It is what it is. He's a seventh-round pick. The uh, mediocre, Lucas Van Ness, 56. Preston, 57. Rashawn, 58. You got your pass rushers all in a row there. Jonathan Owens, 59. Devontae Wyatt, 60. Wooden, 60. Rudy, 61. Slayton, 62. Quay, 63. Valentine, 64. 65-ish. Kenny Clark, 65. And then we get a massive jump. Keyshawn Nixon with a 77. Kingsley and Igbare with a 79, and Darnell freaking Savage with an 85 PFF grade. Um, Savage hasn't played a ton this year, so it's hard to really judge. You know, it could just be one. He, he's, he's subject to have like one or two good games here and there. So I don't want to read too much into it, but I've always felt like Savage is a better player than what we've seen. And um, I don't know if it's the system or the scheme or the something else that's going on. But I would just love for him to be able to continue doing what he's doing and just stay the guy. I mean, if Savage and Ford can just be the guys moving forward, I would be super happy. You know, mix in a little Anthony Johnson here and there if you want to. I don't really care, but I would love for him to continue doing this. But highest graded defensive player, I think eh, third highest graded player overall, maybe. I think Watson would have been higher. 
Not sure about Wix. I don't know. I'm not going back to look. But continuing with the grades, run defense on the bad side, you had Slayton, Van Ness, Wyatt, Campbell, and Brooks. I don't like that it's all defensive linemen, especially TJ Slayton. He needs to stop being on the wrong side of this. He has been terrible since week nine. I'm sorry. I know he had a really good play mixed in there where he batted down that that little pitch pass, which is huge. But I mean, I said it last week. I'm going to say it again. He's not the guy. He's had a better week this past week than he did the last three but since week eight, when he had his one real big game, and everybody's like, man, if we could if we could get Slayton going in the run defense and ba da 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 the run defense grades, forget everything else, 60, 39, 39, 43, 53. I mean, it's just, it's like, he he's a terrible run defender. He is a 330-pound nose tackle, and run defense is the thing he can't do. And I get he's probably getting double teamed, but I don't care. That's what you got to do. Think the nose tackles that have good grades are like oh we never get double teamed and if they're dumb enough to du- to uh double up slayton on these things and i i you know oh, let's just say i would be surprised if he's getting doubled all the time with guys like kenny and rashawn and everything else out there but whatever on the positive side we'll just skip all the mediocre uh i'm gonna throw in ballantyne why not he had a 69 uh and then Keyshawn kingsley and savage so there you go pass rush um quay rashawn and slayton all in the low 50s the only good was Devontae Wyatt. That's just the grade, not necessarily the stats. Coverage, uh, the bad grades were Ballantyne, Preston Smith, you dirty dog, and Anthony Johnson with a 34. He was real low. Then on the positive side, Keyshawn Nixon and Darnell Savage. Statistics, Kenny Clark absolutely tore it up this week. I feel like this is like his second week in a row, but I'm not sure. Not looking. He had six pressures on 36 attempts, just absolutely dominated. He did play a ton. He had 36 pass rush attempts. The next highest was 28. Good to see Preston and Rashawn both at 28. So we at least have Rashawn up to Preston numbers. Uh, Lucas Van Ness, two pressures on 13 attempts and a sack. I have no issue with that whatsoever. Kingsley, two pressures on 12 attempts. That's fantastic. Devontae Wyatt, two pressures in the sack on 21 attempts. It's right at 10%. That's fine. Carl Brooks, one on 14 attempts. Rashawn Gary, one pressure, one sack, 28 attempts. That's not very good. Same for Preston, exact same numbers. And then we've got a couple guys with a couple pressures. The only one that stands out with zero, though, is TJ Slayton. Zero pressures on 21 attempts. Stops, which are a negative play for the offense. Tackles for that are a negative play for the offense. Four from Kenny Clark. Two for Ballantyne, Savage, and Campbell. And then one for Lucas Van Ness, Carl Brooks, Jonathan Owens, TJ Slayton, Keyshawn Nixon, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith. If I didn't say their name, then they have zero. Finally, coverage statistics. The most targeted was Corey Ballantyne, kind of by a lot, nine targets, but uh, six receptions for 46 yards, no touchdowns. So, I mean, I feel like that could have been a lot worse. Keyshawn Nixon was the next most targeted, six targets, just four receptions for 32 yards and a pick, though. Not mad at that at all. Devondre Campbell, four targets, four receptions, 43 yards, and a touchdown. That's probably why people are mad. He gave up the one touchdown through the air, that is. Jonathan Owens, three targets, two receptions, 28 yards. Carrington Valentine, three targets, two receptions, 20 yards, and a pass breakup. Quay Walker, two targets, one reception, just seven yards. Darnell Savage, two targets, one reception for seven yards, and a pass breakup. Anthony Johnson, one target, one reception, 27 yards. Rudy Ford, one target, zero receptions. Um, That also leaves, let's see, Lucas Van Ness had one play in coverage with no targets. Kingsley had four, Preston had two. I don't know how you're going to dock Preston 
for bad coverage when he had zero targets. I mean, maybe he's not on him. I don't care. You got an edge rusher out in space twice with no targets. I expect a 95 PFF grade or higher. I'm kidding, but I'm just saying. Special teams grades. We had two negative ones. Jonathan Owens and Henry Pearson were down in the 40s. We had three good grades. Tucker Craft with a 73, Ben Sims with a 78, and Robert Rochelle with an 80.1. Anders Carlson with a little bit of redemption. He had a, let's call it a 70 PFF grade. Obviously, was three for three on extra points, two for two on the field goals. Both of those were in the 40-yard range. And that's about it. Daniel Whelan, they gave him a 60 grade, but he did fine. Anyways, again, I, I really, I got a lot of notes here, man. I got a lot of videos queued up. We got a lot to do. I just cannot do it tonight. We're going to have some fun this week for sure. For sure. And if you got anything, send it to me. I probably already have it, but I got some people sending me some uh, some good stuff. I know some of you are on the TikToks and whatnot, some real good clips on there. Send it over, and if I can, I'll add it into our rotation. We'll have some fun. But I do have to get out of here. You guys have a good rest of your day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.